welcome to the SciFreak Show, where we chat about how science and society develop and how their interactions will work out. This is, in fact, a special episode. Uh, we have right now the 21st of March, 2020, and there is actually a COVID-19 epidemic out there. Uh, we won't have title music today, and this will probably be the first episode we will uh, start with uh, the whole show, even though we have some things pre-produced, um, because, uh, you know, this uh, circumstances around the world and people being in lockdown and economics and, and whatever just just cry out for, at least for me, and I will explain it later in, in the podcast a little bit more in detail why it was important for me. So it, 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 it kind of makes it, uh, you know, something at least perceived important. So uh, under normal circumstances, uh, me, Peter Lakoff, and the wonderful co-host Thomas Rost would, you know, talk with you about intriguing topics regarding science, society, and the friction between it. But um, today we will focus on the COVID-19 thing. And first of all, hello, Thomas. Hey, guys. Nice talking to you. But we don't only have Thomas today. We also have a wonderful guest who is As Balabanian. Hello, As. Hello. Hi, Peter. Hi, Thomas. Uh, you might know us from Research VR podcast, uh, which we have started four years ago. And you might also know him from his numerous cool things he's doing and tweeting around. More about it uh, later in the episode. But first, um, what is the situation for you, us, and for you, Thomas, right now? You both are in lock-ins or lockdowns, but in different countries, right? Uh, yeah. So, so what happened to me is I was, uh, I was living in Amsterdam for a couple of years. Um, and I was working there and it was fantastic and I loved the city. Uh, I was living on a houseboat and at some point the houseboat, uh, turned out there was a lot of water coming in. We didn't know where it came from. Um, so we decided to, you know, let the insurance handle that and make sure that the houseboat doesn't sink and stuff like that. Um, so we went to Barcelona, um, because I have a remote job and I'm super happy to have this freedom of traveling around. Um, and we found out that you can just rent out an Airbnb for a couple of days and, you know, go there and stay there. And we're super close to the sea and whatever. Um, and we enjoyed that for about a week. And then <laughs> all of Spain went into lockdown. And so we're now not allowed to leave our house except for going shopping. I mean, the situation is fantastic in itself. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm here with my partner who's fantastic and I really enjoy being with her. So that's great. Uh, we have all the VR equipment to, you know, entertain us. We have a lot of books and we have all these kinds of things. But honestly, it's a bit daunting to be like, I don't know, 30 seconds from the sea and not being able to go there. So I think that's the biggest thing we're dealing with right now, just not being able to do the thing that we would really, really want to do. Mm -hmm. And what's your situation, As? Um, I guess I also got stuck in France, but it was by design, to be, to be quite honest. Um, so I live in Berlin. Uh, for the last year and uh my girlfriend also is living in france and so she's actually pretty new in france we're both from the u.s and she moved here about a month and a half ago and given that france and germany were like growing uh, at the same rate when it came to like you know coronavirus patients um every and based on other people's math it was like very clear that France and Germany were like nine days behind Italy. So I was like, okay, there's definitely going to be a lockdown or a quarantine of some sort similarly here. Then, So um, last Friday, I guess, I, I don't know what day that exactly was. Um, yeah, it was basically, it was when it was between 2000 to 3000 patients in Germany where I called my friend and was like, uh, Valerio, like he's, he's in Italy. He's been locked down in Italy for the last like couple of weeks. Now. I was like, like I've prepared with the food. I've prepared with, uh, all the necessary supplies that I need to have. Like, which, what else am I forgetting? Like, what's your life? Like, it's like, dude, one thing you need to really make sure you're, you're, you have is don't be alone. Like in quarantine, just don't be alone in the house by yourself. It's just going to get depressing. And. And I was like, oh, wow, like I actually started taking his word very seriously and then called my girlfriend. It's like, listen, like, I know we've been talking about you coming here, or I coming there, like next week, we can't wait that long because I don't know when a quarantine would take place. Um, so I was like, I need to move on this. Like we need to, we need to make a decision now. And for a few reasons, like she couldn't come to me. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to come to you. And the next morning I woke up, um, I bought the next flight available that day and then 
I guess there was a certain risk kind of getting on a plane and, you know, going through an airport and coming here. But thankfully, like both of Berlin, like Berlin has tiny airports. They're both pretty empty. The plane was pretty empty. It seemed like these were one of those, like, they wanted to keep their uh, priority of having, like, apparently airlines have uh, a thing where, like, if they don't, if they're not constantly flying between their routes, then their slot will be given away. So, now that people are not flying so much, they've been doing these ghost flights where it's like half full or a quarter full or even less full, but they're still um, not canceling the flights just so that the airlines could keep their slots um, at the air- airports. Um, so I guess I was on one of those because it was like very empty. And I got here and then the next day, lockdown was announced and two days later, uh, full quarantine was announced. Um, yeah, I guess it's 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 also kind of weird that this has become so normal already for us. Like we've just been <laughs> like I haven't left the house in like five days. I've uh, been playing Beat Saber for physical exercise, and uh, <laughs> but it is very weird how how normal this became for like most of Europe that I know at least. Yeah, but um, here's the thing. So you both are in lockdown, and I'm right now in Osnabrück, which is Lower Saxony, and there is no lockdown. And to be honest, so you mentioned last Friday, it must have been the 13th. Um, when you went to France, I think while you went or when you arrived there, you kind of wrote me, hey, I'm just checking on France, how they're doing. It's kind of important to, you know, do social interactions with people. I was like, hmm. I mean, Azad is a nice person. Really like him. But, uh, he might probably be not do it without a necessity, right? So I mean, just oh. calling on random people. I was like, okay, wait. It wait, wasn't uh, apparent for you. Okay. No. You didn't no. understand why I was there. Okay. No, I was like, okay, well, what's happening? Like, uh, <laughs> and here's the thing. Like, I'm actually, in theory, also part of the information bubble. I mean, I check social media. I check news. Yeah. And I was literally three to five days behind you. Mm-hmm. And it was a surprise to me. And today, when I went to the supermarket, now you have to be like two meters apart. But yeah. there is still in Germany, no official lockdown. You mean you still can party and walk out. I think in Bavaria, they might have done it already. But Yeah, Bavaria is locked down. Uh, my family is there. So uh, okay. I can't move anymore. So, so it moves in waves, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of the narrative is changing and you realize it more and more once you witness it. So for me, it clicked not just after Azad wrote me, but then after I walked out and then after one or two days, I started to see more children being outside. I was like, okay, the key, you know, the kindergartens are closed. And then shops started to close down. I had to like pre-order things for my vape shop when I got some liquid because they are not allowed to sell it anymore. Uh, and then I started actually listening to a lot of podcasts related to Corona. I was slightly afraid of doing it before, you know, when there are certain things happening, like something evil in the world, you're like, I better not listen 24-7 to the news because it can fuck up your head pretty majorly. But the more I was listening and uh, going deep into the topics, the more I realized, okay, it's going to stay for a month or who knows how long. It's actually quite serious. And most importantly, what I didn't realize, you know, myself, is it's actually crucial not to go out. It's actually crucial to self-distancing. It's, I mean, we shouldn't wait for governments to, you know, lock us down. It's kind of, you prevent death by, you know, not going out and things. But on the other hand, it's also completely changes the way how societies work. I mean, in Germany, you don't even have proper internet and people for the first time realize, oh, remote work is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you both are used to it, uh, but it's kind of strange. What, what, what do you think? When did uh, it click for you, Thomas, that something is really happening? Well, that's really hard to say. I was it after the lockdown? The, I don't actually. I mean, when the lockdown happened, I was of course, oh yeah, something's happening. I was also I was aware of it like a couple of days before that it might come, um, because uh, as you might have noticed, people in, in Germany tended to go crazy. Like they bought all the toilet, toilet paper, paper and all yeah. the pasta and stuff like that. And my family told me about that and I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's super interesting because here in Barcelona, like everybody's behaving fantastically. Like people were, you know, starting to distance themselves a little bit. Um, but that was it. Like there was no, no panic, no, uh, no people buying too much food. Like everything was still in the supermarket and stuff like that. Um, but I thought, hey, you know, probably there's going to be a lockdown. And then some friends of mine who are in Barcelona told me, hey, you know, like we, we read on our Catalan news pages that there's going to be a lockdown. Um, so better prepare for it. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Uh, and then the lockdown came and it came hard and it was, it was so crazy. Like from one day to the next, the one day people were super open and like just, you know, waving at you in the street and like, oh yeah, cool, whatever. Uh, the next day, nobody was there anymore. Uh, when you approach people, they would like switch the side of the road to the other side of the road. 
like all the supermarkets were completely sold out. I mean, I, I had to work, so I couldn't go. Um, I couldn't go right away in the morning, so I had to like go go after work. Um, and there was no fruit, no vegetable, nothing left. Uh, luckily, the situation has uh, normalized itself by now. But that, I think that was when I, yeah, I don't know. That was when I realized that um, people are at least taking this more serious after something that is predictable, like a lockdown, actually happened. So f- for me, there was no big. I, I mean, I was I was prepared for that. I thought that was going to happen, and I was like, okay, this happened now, so cool, deal with it. But I think a lot of people were maybe not prepared for the information that they could not leave the house anymore. Mm. By the way, have you been having to pay for this Airbnb ever since you've been in lockdown? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, it's not bad. It's, it's not. It's not expensive because it's completely out of season. So uh, it was. It was pretty cheap and to, to begin with, which is also why we just decided to go. You know, just leave Amsterdam and go to Spain instead. Fun fact: I was actually close, uh, very close to visiting Thomas. Uh, <laughs> it would be great, though. Uh, it would be, have been great because I would have been trapped there and we could, you know, do a lot of productive things. But uh, it seems like I have to wait another month or two to see you. Uh, which brings us to this whole social distancing topic and overall how to deal with it, right? I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, everyone is speaking about it. But then again, I was calling a lot of friends, uh, as others suggested, um, you know, through uh, the last week. And many of my German friends were like really bummed out by me calling them and asking how they're doing. Like, um, I mean, I won't, I, it will remain anonymously, but a friend of mine was so unaware he's, working with elderly people and he was like yeah sure i'm going for a party on the next weekend and then it took me one and a half hours and after i told him all the things that i learned through the podcast which is already a little bit outdated and whatever he was like ah okay it's actually really serious so there was no proper propagation of the seriousness of the overall situation that's maybe why people were so shocked by lockdown it was just you know buying out things all the way except toilet paper that's just uh, human nature of stupidity i i wonder how like i'm sure there's some correlation you can draw between like which social media platform you're most active in and how early of like how early did you were you in terms of taking this seriously because like i'm i'm mostly active on twitter like i don't check facebook i don't check instagram so i and i I think like now i'm looking on facebook and it's just like the worst like it's just like everyone's conspiracy theories and yeah, yeah. person you know from high school you know what their thoughts are about all of this and like you know it's the chinese that are wanting to create a bioweapon <sighs> so there's all a lot of that stuff there but um and twitter at least the, well, the only reason i was like at least mentally prepared not like everything else prepared um was the fact that yeah there was like a few people that really were taking were very closely following how seriously china took this whole situation early in in, you know in early january and the fact that they were willing to compromise or like willing to risk halting their entire economy for a month or two um to to beat this like this is like unparalleled you know in terms of amount of things that they've done this is as much disruption as a global two um in that regard so when stuff, that stuff like that started happening, it was like, okay, this is for sure a significant event. I don't know how, I, I didn't know what, if this would be relevant to us in Europe or in America, clearly, like, I guess, you know, the, the smarter thing would have been for that. But um, yeah, I, I, I basically did, I felt like I would be naked without having food and stuff prepared in my house and like at least having all of that. So I did prepare with ample time, but um, I'm not at home, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. There's actually, there's actually one thing that I, I, I just thought about, uh, also because Peter mentioned uh, mentioned the podcasts and the news outlets and stuff like that before, and now you bring that up yourself. Would it, would it possibly be interesting for our listeners to, if we compile like a list of things that we use to stay informed? Because I mean, like a lot of the things that I do, uh, that I knew come from from people I know who, like I know a lot of people in the medical field and people who are researchers in um, in uh, biotechnology and stuff like that. Uh, so that's where I got my most of my information. Um, but of course, also Reddit and stuff like that. And yeah, I was I was wondering if if uh, maybe it's a good thing to do to just compile a list of sources that seem at least somewhat reliable. Of course, you could not rely on one alone. 
But maybe if you look at three or four and they all tend to say the same thing, maybe that's a good way of verifying whether the information is... Um, yeah, it's kind of a slippery slope to... I mean, uh, on the one hand, I would, of course, love to recommend all the podcasts I'm listening to, uh, which I might even do. But I think overall it's important that people really don't trust this whole fake news shit out there on Facebook and all the social media things, but actually check the local government websites. So, I mean, each government those days, uh, at least Germany, US, with the CDC and whatever, have uh, official information websites. When you just enter Corona into Google, you know, Google will actually suggest you a few trusted sources. Are they up to date 100%? Who knows? But at least they won't spread misinformation. And the rest, I guess, you know, comes to probably good journalism. I mean, I, mean, I, I enjoy listening to this tiny podcast from uh, Vox Code Today Explained. I mean, it doesn't go deep into the topics, right? But it, it kind of gives an update on on Corona. But in Germany, there is a German podcast from the expert for viruses, uh, mm -hmm. which is kind of updated daily or whatever. It's like from official government uh, sponsored um, source. I will also link it in the show notes. I think that the question is always uh, not so much how to diversify your information, but which to trust. And I mean, when you trust the government or you trust kind of the official information sources, just enter Corona into Google and see what pages it suggests uh, in a highlight. I don't know. What's your thoughts, Az? This is already essentially what I what I suggested we do. Um, uh. Just give people information about because I mean it, it does seem like we came from a different point of information. At least the three of us already. Yes. And I'm guessing that we tend to be in a similar kind of like information bubble. Um, but already we had like different uh, insights and we had different ways of of, of obtaining the information. So yeah, I think, I think something like that is valuable. And I think what you just said is, is basically true. Just, um, go with trusted sources. Um, but then again, if you're already not trusting those sources, you're not going to start now. So I would, um, also perhaps mention that, especially in a time of crisis when it's like, uh, affecting, you know, people's livelihoods, like especially your own livelihood is like, not a lot of change happening in the economy. Uh, no, we have freelancers I mean, I, and I mean, small yeah, businesses. Being a freelancer right now is really a t really tough time. But mm -hmm. um, even even people with full time salaries in tech, like I know two people, like two of my friends that have now like lost jobs. And so, the, but the thing I'm trying to say is actually, I guess of course, be an informed citizen. And like, there's a lot. This is very much developing, and so you kind of do need to know what's going on. But at the same time, we do live in the age where, like, there is so much to consume. And being at home, right, we're just on our phones, we're just on Twitter, we're on, uh, we're reading things. It's like it's a very easy. I think it's also going to be very easy to like overwhelm yourself with the doom and gloom of the situation. Where in reality, maybe you know you're living in a quarantined house and you have water, you have electricity you have the internet, you're going to be okay. So I, I, I'm trying to find, like, and figure out what this medium is between, like, okay, being informed and understanding what's going on, but also, like, we're too much into, like, we're too much in real time to really understand what's really happening. And so we kind of do need that space, that distance, to be able to, like, to see what the hell is actually happening and to try to follow it, like, moment to moment. And this is very much something that's happening moment to moment. Like it's not, you're just going to be looking at noise. Like you're not, you're going to be prone to like, you know, different like clickbaity articles trying to like get you to, you know, want to emote in a certain way and to get freaked out or outraged, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm, I'm very wary of that. And now, now that it's like a confirmed crisis around the world, like every, you know, mainstream news company, the CNNs and the Fox news is, of course, they're going to try to, make more like my entire feed is just full of articles about this and of yeah, course this is a serious thing but it's like i almost want like every media thing that exists like if it's a youtube channel or a podcasting like to for them to keep making <laughs> what they've been making because people need the normal routine in their life like things yes. are changing a lot of shit is happening but people need the the best thing that they can have right now is like something <laughs> that reminds them of their routine. And uh, so I applaud, yeah, like YouTube YouTube uh, channels that are just like, nope, we're just going to stay true to what we like to do. <laughs> we're just yeah. ignoring, uh, you know, maybe they're not being 
unsafe about it. But yeah, they're just they're not trying to do like coronavirus specials and episodes and yeah, yeah I agree on that. Um, uh, another point that you just mentioned, like the the all of the noise and being being able to look at this like moment to moment, basically. Uh, I think that's true on the one hand. Um, on the other hand, I think the evaluation of the situation in itself requires, well, data and data from a couple of days ago to compare to what it's now. Um, yeah. Actually, I, I, I sent this one link also. Maybe we can link it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. um, it's the it's a tracker of coronavirus cases and deaths and recoveries. Um, and they have this very, very helpful plot in the like lower part of the website that basically shows you how the development is. Um, and I think because this is a serious thing and people should not, I mean, on one hand, yes, they should absolutely, uh, chill out a bit and not buy all the toilet paper, especially if you don't need it because there's old people who might need it or there's sick people who might need it. Um, but also I think it's, it's important to be aware that this is a serious situation in a way. Um, mm -hmm. and for that to see, uh, what I find incredibly impressive is this graph, the, lower part of the website which really shows the uh non-linear growth of the whole thing like the exponential curve just down here um so I, I guess we can jump soon over to this um hackathon that you thomas are involved with oh yeah but yeah. before we go into that maybe coming back to what uh other just described uh so Would you say, Asa, it's important to have some regularity? Just speak about the emotional parts of this lockdown, for sure. example. I guess where, I also know, could provide a little bit of con uh, context about like why I'm thinking that. And it's, I'm actually already assuming that whoever is listening to this or like, or the people uh, that I'm associated with, like colleagues, like people in this industry, like, okay, you're already kind of informed or you're like seeing the base amount that you need to know. You're not, you're not one of those idiots right now. It's like, I can see out of this like window that are just like not taking it seriously. Uh, I, I hope that, um, like for those people, there's a whole other set of like things they need to read and <laughs> to take for sure seriously. Because, but there's there, once you go past that, it's like, okay, then you're going to be in the realm of like, okay, I'm taking this real seriously. And how serious do I need to take this? And it's like, you, you should take it very seriously. And like, there's, If you want to make decisions, like short-term decisions about like where you want to be and if you need to get back home, like definitely following day by day the cases number to see where the inflection point is on this like exponential curve. I think that that's what I'm looking for when it comes to France and Germany. And then actually there's a, there's a really funny thing that I'm not understanding why Germany, yeah, Germany has the least amount of deaths per, for, I don't know. So I don't know why, yeah. And it seems, or at least from what I heard from uh, you know, podcasts, I didn't double check it, whatever, is there is a different way how you label people who die from this virus. So if someone dies out of a normal illness that they already have, but they have the coronavirus, at least in Germany, that's what I understood, they're not labeled as someone who died from corona. They died from their heart disease and corona weakened them. But in Italy, they are counting people who have corona and died of, you know, the cause of corona. So it's kind of also statistics. That's apparently uh, something that countries use just different measurements to measure these things. It's not so much like they are hiding it away or they're doing something which is not standard. It's just you have different practices for measuring. And then, of course, you have a good health system in Germany, so it might also play a role, right? I mean, But I bet this is true for every every situation too, right? Even for wars, it's like the amount of people that die from like the second, like the byproducts of war rather yeah. than like bullets itself. Yeah, that would be super interesting. Could you could you send me the source for that at some point? Yes, That'd be fantastic. Thank It's you. in Russian, but I will find an English one. <laughs> Fair enough. Google Translate is great. It's <laughs> 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 so much in Germany so far, <laughs> especially like the ones that translate your website as you're reading it. Like just always back yes. on auto translate for German uh, articles. So yeah, I can read you know German publications and you know understand what's going on. Um, It really feels like augmented reality, honestly. Yeah. Every time I use that in these auto-translating websites, I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, <laughs> I'm Have you tried the read it out feature? Yeah. No. That's fantastic. Uh, Thomas convinced fantastic. me to try it. It's so amazing. It reads in an almost human way, and especially tech news are just like a podcast. You just open your phone and say, Google, hey, whatever, and uh, read it. And it just reads you out. Ah, okay, sure, sure. Please beep that in the in the post processing because otherwise people's uh, Google's are going to start talking to them. <laughs> I will beep. Uh, it. 
I have, I, 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 now that I think of it, actually, I do have a feature enabled on my iPhone. So Apple has a similar thing with, yeah, read, it reads your, whatever text is on your page. And uh, I do it for, yeah, just longer articles that I can't get myself to read through the whole <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. Audio is the future. So, yeah. uh, Thomas, you're a little bit under time pressure. So exactly, let's yeah. jump into this hackathon, just give the context for it and what it's all about. And then later we'll also have another topic. Uh, so we don't just talk about Corona uh, wisely, as others suggested. We should, you know, just keep people distracted yeah. and entertained. Yeah, super cool. I mean, so uh, first of all, I, I indeed have to run in like 10 minutes or something because I'm mentoring for this uh, really awesome hackathon. Um, it's related to Corona. Corona is the reason for it. It's focused on Corona, but I would like to, to focus on the part that um, 43,000 people from Germany came together and they uh, are participating in a hackathon right now. Or at least, I mean, they, they used to be 43 people at some point. I'm not sure. I, I'm sure like most of them would have, would have left at this point, but there's still a serious amount of people who are trying to make a dent in the in the impact that Corona has on, on people. So this is, this is called Wir versus Virus, um, which basically translates to we against the virus. And it's hosted by the German government in collaboration with some other people, some other companies. It's, it's really, really cool. Um, because there were so many people, 43,000 at the beginning, the whole like infrastructure didn't work anymore. And at some point they reported that the CEO of Slack is now on this. Uh, trying to incorporate all of this, making sure that all the people can be in Slack. Um, so that's really, really cool. It's fantastic to see. There's so many people trying to make a dent and, and help, uh, help other people out and, and develop new technologies that will help other people that are impacted by, by Corona. There's a bunch of things that are focusing on helping the elderly get some food, like some drone deliveries I've seen. Um, some just apps for, you know, social interaction, making sure that you can talk to each other while you're in lockdown, stuff like that. Uh, the projects that I've been mentoring, uh, the most seem to focus on e-learning and, and education via Skype, via virtual reality, via these kinds of things. That's one of the things that I really, really positive about. I mean, this is a very serious and a very sad and a very horrible situation we're in right now as a planet. Um, But there are a bunch of things that I can see coming out of this that might be positive. Uh, and one of them is that, you know, people might actually start to, well, might be, might be pushed to using these kinds of like technologies. They might start to use more technology in education, for example, which I would really, really love because I think right now, at least in some parts of the world, in most parts of the world, it's, it's incredibly underdeveloped and there's not enough technology that could be used for really, really good outcomes. Uh, is, is not being used in, in education and other kinds of situations. With everybody being forced to stay at home, everybody being forced to reevaluate how they go about their lives, and everybody looking for novel tools, maybe, you know, when this all is over, hopefully as soon as possible, we might emerge with some really cool new things that society is being focused on. By the way, I totally agree, Thomas, that this crisis not only is it uh making working from home uh, very much like normal and part of how i think companies will function after this whole crisis ends um yeah i think a lot of people are realizing that like oh so much of my job could have been done uh by myself at home um not maybe not everything but a lot of large chunks of it um um, so uh, to Thomas, I just spoke about, you know, this uh, use of technologies, uh, remote and stuff. Um, you told me yesterday how you actually log uh, in remotely in your computer yeah. and you actually build VR over VPN and just deploy it. Well, yes. What comes to the results of that? But how do you do it again? Um, I was not, yeah, I was kind of bummed out, honestly, that having to come to France and uh, away from my home and away from my like hardware and desk setup and everything my 3d printer which like i have all these things that i wanted to do and i'm just looking for a good a good nice you know month-long quarantine so cool. to really have time to do things um and and of course of course i have to be away from it um so but when i came here i was like but more before right before i came here uh i made sure I, to leave my desktop pc open i made sure to plug in an ssd with extra space 
Um, and, and actually any like hard drives that I had specifically like this, like this documentary that I'd worked on that I needed to send the, the hard drive, um, like to an editor, um, I just plugged it into my PC because I was like, I don't know when I'll be back and I might need to just be able to access all this stuff. Um, so through TeamViewer, uh, we have a subscription to work, basically. Uh, through TeamViewer, I've been able to just log into my PC, log, uh, log into my work PC and do all my photogrammetry work uh, on my work PC. And yeah, one thing I did this week to kind of uh, pass the time and not be depressed is... So I, I, ha I brought my drone with me, my Mavic 2 Pro, and it's been kind of my my fate. My, it's been the best kind of photogrammetry tool uh, that I've had, photogrammetry camera. And um, I, my girlfriend's apartment has a balcony, and I, they can basically like hold the drone out of the balcony and launch it with one hand, and hand launch it and fly it, and then capture you know something, and then bring it back, and then. Uh, and then pack it up. And so I did that this Monday. That's so amazing. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it was actually, so like whenever I go out, I, I see the streets completely empty and it's like a zombie apocalypse. And I was thinking exactly that. Like if, if I had a drone, I could take footage of that uh, and, you know, make sure, sure this survives, I'm especially like with all these situations where, where people are in, in lockdown and, you know, um, I don't know, the, the canals of Venice apparently now have dolphins. Right. So... Right. Uh, I saw I some amazing footage coming out of uh, China in January and February of like basically both the empty streets, but also when they were, they were like massively disinfecting the streets with like fire trucks basically going around spraying disinfectant spray, uh, like drone footage of that. So it would be cool <laughs> if I could film something like that here. For now, like the apartment is in front of this, this like expressway uh, and it's not that quiet <laughs> like there's maybe you can hear it in my audio but uh, there's been like bikes passing there's been cars passing it's not entirely uh not everything is just, like not everyone is in their house you know for for whatever reasons um so maybe if that happens then great i'll be able to film some eerie uh, eerie shots of, of france being completely like peopleless um but coming back to yeah the remote development i yeah i was able to kind of like send all the data back to my home PC, uh, process the images, process the photogrammetry, and then uh, import it into Unity and kind of make, uh, be, like, be able to use an old Quest Unity build that I had made or a project and importing this up into there um, and then making, like, pushing Unity builds from my home PC to my, to my laptop here <laughs> and then installing it on my Quest and then playtesting it. Uh, so that I was like, when I realized I could do that, I was like, okay, this, this quarantine is not going to be as, as bad as I had hoped. And, you know, with all these limitations and stuff, like you just have to think a little bit more creatively um, and try to do what you can. So that, that, that was this week. And yeah, I, I was able to scan um, the city that I'm in and make like put out a quest app for people to be able to explore. How, how do people city. find it? It's called a moment in con. Um, Cause it's like, it was, I sort of read it. Oh really? Nice. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just posted yeah, it today. It oh, fantastic! Super cool. Nice. It's really so, good. Yeah, yeah, it just it just went up uh, a couple of hours ago, and I'm just I feel like it's perfect to put out on a weekend because it's like the sunny Mediterranean beachy scene where you can. Uh, the, the premise of the thing is like you're a Godzilla-sized person in this like tiny world, and the tiny world being like a 3D scan of this you know French town. And uh, I, the day before the quarantine, the day before everything shut down, basically I was able to go on a walk and do some audio recordings from around this the area that I scanned. Um, and in VR, you kind of yeah stick your head into like different areas and you can hear what was going on there. And that's that's why it's like a moment in con. It's like this was the specific moment that I captured before I shut down. Yeah, it's just kind of a cool place to be. That is insanely cool. I will check that out. <laughs> As we'll definitely like link it uh, in the show notes. Minute. How, how, how do you find it again, As? Uh, a moment in, uh, yeah, it's called A Moment in Con. Uh, con spelled C-A-N-N-E-S, so cans for, for you Americans out there. <laughs> um, the, I guess, yeah, it's if you have side quests, like if you know how to like sideload apps onto your quest, then you know that side quest store. 
you can check it out there. So it's a virtual reality application, right? I mean, uh, hopefully everyone knows what VR is. For Oculus Quest, yes. Yeah. Uh, how is it with a hackathon, uh, Thomas? Uh, is any VR tech being used? Uh, have you witnessed anything from those 40,000 people? Yeah, so the problem with this with this uh, hackathon is a bit that uh, since it's so many people, it's really hard to get an overview of what's happening. Um, I've been actively looking out for uses of artificial intelligence and virtual reality. I unfortunately have not been able to spot anything that I would be incredibly interested in. But as I said, that doesn't mean anything. I've seen maybe two, three, four projects out of, I think, 500. There are some, some resources you can use to, to search through them. I, I did a quick, uh, you know, search for virtual reality and artificial intelligence. I didn't find a lot there. Um, but I, I'm, I'm super interested to see what comes out of this. I really think there's going to be amazing outcomes. I mean, there's so many people that have to be some really, really talented people in there also. Um, there's a lot of really cool mentors. There's really a lot of interest from the politics. Uh, so this hackathon is also supported by a lot of high level politicians in Germany. Um, like it's, it's quite fun to see sometimes in Slack people, you know, you, you just know the name from the news and they say like, Hey, yeah, this is super cool. You know, we support you. Um, this is, this is fun to see. And I think there's going to be a lot of really interesting things coming out of that. And honestly, I would be surprised if there wouldn't be interesting virtual reality, uh, use cases and also, you know, artificial intelligence use cases coming out of this. Yeah. Is there is there a specific technology focus on this? Like, is it biotech or like what's what's the um, is there yeah a specific focus on what people should be using? Well, it's 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 uh, just done by the by the German government. I think they did it relatively quickly. I think they had like a three or four days of like to to decide on what to do, and they kept it as open as possible. I think they wanted to to just catch everybody. They also said, you know, if you don't have any tech backgrounds, you just you have experience with being locked locked in Corona or you're an old person and you're super scared or something, join us and you will be able to give some valuable input for that, which I find incredibly interesting as a, as a concept because most of the uh, hackathons I've been to so far were really, uh, I don't want to say elitist tech things, but you know, you rarely see somebody in there who's trying to make a difference, who's, who's not in tech or at least related fields. Um, so I find that incredibly interesting. But there was no decided uh, like focus in there. So I think that some other things, like for example, there's a cackle challenge on Corona data. data they will have more specific outcomes for that. So, so it's kind of interesting to see how both of you are coping with the current situation. I mean, you two must participating in that hackathon, which uh, you know will probably do some good, even if it's just you know making people connected to each other. You are building, uh, you know a thing and pushing it out uh just being busy um i guess at, at this point we should probably just um, maybe give our tips to you know how to cope with that situation what works for us best i guess for me it's uh you know I, i'm not really good at it but it's routine it's just what i mean i'm in this situation where i can walk out at least for half an hour to a park behind my place that helps but if you can't walk out maybe just beat saber if you have a vr headset and overall exercise staying in touch with friends and family and, you know, just trying to finish hobby projects that you haven't touched for a few months? Is there anything that, you know, I, I forgot to mention? Yeah. So the problem that I'm having with this, with answering this question is a bit like if you ask uh, somebody who won the, the, the lottery how to get rich, because I'm in a situation that is incredibly lucky and incredibly, like, there could not be a better situation for me because I have, uh, I have uh, clients that I can work remotely with, so I can... Um, just spend 10 hours a day looking at interesting stuff that I'm connected to through work. I have a fantastic partner who's sitting here who is not annoying at all, which is fantastic. Like we are not hating on each other at all. I did not think that was very likely, but you know, nice. it just happened. Um, I'm say hello to me. <laughs> I will do that. Uh, I'm in a situation where I just bought this quest and I have all these awesome virtual reality things to play with. And I have a Kindle. I have. You know, all these kinds of things. I know where to go. I know that my family is safe. I know how to contact everybody. But I think not many people are going to be in that exact situation. So I'm, I'm having a hard time actually giving advice. I think what he said, yeah, try to figure out something that you can do with your time. Um, mm. If you have the capacity by a virtual reality headset, it's now is the best time ever, I think, for that. There's going to be so much content coming out for that just because there's a lot of board developers sitting <laughs> inside all day. Um, and you know, 
yeah, if you have a hobby, try to to get really into that. Um, I know that this is hard to say in a situation where, um, you know, people might not be in a situation where they can do that. Oh, one thing that's that's cool though. Sorry, that just came up. Um, if you have the chance, do online courses. Um, I think something that everybody can do is just go to you know one of those websites, uh, look for something you're interested in, and learn something new. I think that might be cool because in that way you, you have something interesting to do and also you can come out of that situation and you might actually have learned something new you might actually be a better person afterwards than you were before yeah um, that's yeah 100%. i can say about that that's 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 the same kind of mindset that i've been approaching this with um trying to like mentally prepare to like okay you know if you have food and, and all your basic stuff like you know accounted for in your house then um, what else can you do when you're going to be stuck at home? It's like, okay, maybe do the things that you've had in your mind that you wanted to do, but haven't had the time to do it or the motivation to do it. Um, this might be a really amazing time to do it. I mean, the motivation element might be hard still because this is a tough time for sure. You're not, you know, this isn't daisies and uh, not, you know, it's not the best and happiest time, but if you can kind of mentally, um, mentally make that switch if you're looking at this like an opportunity i think there's there's a lot of interesting things uh that you can do and learn so that's that's how what i'm trying to do as much as i can um before i get depressed every night <laughs> yeah i <laughs> think that's um, i mean definitely depression is one of the things that uh, you know comes to mind when you think about people being locked down and having less social interaction i'm kind of in a situation where i a few months ago decided to become a freelancer and I'm kind of on a full path to it, trying to figure out how it all works and, you know, uh, searching for clients and, and, and working stuff. And one of the projects, it was not the biggest one, but the one I looked really uh, up to was helping out with a, a VR meetup. Uh, it was a big one and it's definitely not going to happen physically. So I'm uh, right now thinking, okay, could you actually use some hubs or Mozilla and actually, you know, do events online? Same with uh, comedy. So Friends of mine organize uh, Funny People of Osnabrück, which is like a tiny community for stand-up people, uh, you know, people from around, uh, from, from Amsterdam, from Berlin, come here and, and perform in English. It's running really well, but of course, next session, it's not going to happen physically. So we're discussing yesterday, okay, could we actually do something, you know, remotely? Can we just, you know, stream the stuff? And I, I kind of learned it here and there. So maybe I can help it out there. Um, so I guess I would add, you know, if you have technical skills or if you have certain knowledge or certain um, abilities that you can apply to help with a, even the tiniest situation, right? A re record a, a video where you say, okay, stay safe there, right? Or call your friends or actually help out with some kind of community stuff or interesting things around where you could apply your technical skills. I guess that's also very rewarding in a sense because then you feel participating. Similar, I guess, with the hackathon, Thomas, right? Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Try to, yeah. Try to do good while you have the time. Contact people. Talk to your parents. Watch yeah, your get hands. into get into culture. Actually, the the Mezrab, um, like this is this is one of my favorite places in Amsterdam. It's really good. Um, it's a it's a cafe where people tell stories, and they also had the same problem. So so they started televising things, um, and that's fantastic. It's it's really nice to just see something that you're familiar with. And it's something that I've personally been missing a lot, um, and these streams they really help me a lot. They like whenever they stream, I'm happy. I'm whoa, this is super cool. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna echo what we said with calling, call your friends, call your uh, families, call your enemies. <laughs> yeah. Call, call, yeah, call people. Um, this is a <laughs> worrying time. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just it's it, this one, one benefit actually of, of all this might be that you will. Like through times of crisis, you might actually end up being closer with, with the people that you kind of go through this with. And so make sure you, the people that you really care for, um, you, you, you reach out and make sure you like talk. Yeah. Um, is there any source of information you both know that is more positive? Because I guess one of the <laughs> things is also to, you know, imagine how this thing could bring humanity together, how we might invest more money into, uh, healthcare uh, in the next few years. I mean, in the US, they speak right now about something similar to UBA, which yeah. is kind of unsought for, right? That's uh, 
that's for sure. Maybe that's you're that. from US, Asa. What, what, yeah. what do you think? I mean, dude, all these socialist things that would have been that would have gone you you know canceled and banned out of uh, US uh, Congress are now actually like being heavily considered and being like, okay, guys, I know we don't have universal health care, but I think universal health care is going to help everyone right now, you know, or at least to make sure right now. Right now, you're just from just right now. This is a wartime in times of crisis. You know, we need to take care of this. As soon as this is over, you're back to paying the insurance, you know, up the nose. But um, yeah, this, I don't know. I, I mean, I have nothing like, you know, fortune teller like to say, but from what we're seeing, it's at least a lot is changing. And uh, some policies that like were impossible six months ago might now be possible now because they're this is like they're considering this like war so yeah i think that's that's fantastic advice uh just to go back to the to the question about what we can look at that might make us feel good i i don't have an, a direct answer to that the only thing is i personally look a lot into like technology news i really want to figure out what's going on of course also because of my you know my interest in, in artificial intelligence and VR and stuff like that so i look into that a lot um And I see so many companies just trying to chime, chime in and like to just, you know, support research, help people cope with things. There's a lot of things that are just being open sourced right now that, well, would probably not have been open sourced without, you know, the situation. Um, so I think that's a, that's a, that, that's a point, at least for me to look into, uh, when I really feel like, oh my God, this is all going down. This is horrible. Barcelona is, Looking like after a zombie apocalypse, um, I, I, I seem to, to see a lot of, in quotes, positive things coming out of the tech world where people try to really use their knowledge and use their data and use their skills to, to make it then for the better, which is, you know, same thing with the hackathon. But apart from that, I'm not 100% sure. So speaking of, uh, you know, companies wanting to help or not, I had a debate yesterday with a friend of mine. Uh, I mean, you have like Pornhub giving out free access to Italy. You have Tinder allowing now, I think, uh, free pass feature or whatever. So you can like Tinder around the whole world to connect remotely to stay safe with people. I was I mean, wondering with, how Tinder handles that. Yeah, I mean, you usually pay money to change your location. I heard somewhere, right on Wikipedia, but uh, <laughs> they now kind of allow you to, you know, connect con connect with anywhere in, in the world or swipe anywhere in the world so you, people are not lonely. And I mean, with Tinder and Pornhub, you could argue, okay, they're definitely doing just PR. And do, would you say that it's, you know, maybe a little bit cynical, but generally okay to think that companies trying to help are also doing it out of a goodwill or more of a PR stunt? I think as a company, you can, you can never do anything and it's not at least considered for PR. I think, I think for a company, it's really important, impossible almost to do something that has their name on it and not like use it for PR. I mean, that might be the second priority that they have or the third priority or the fourth priority. But they're not going to get out something that actively hurts them. Um, so I think when, you know, all these companies like Google, I think Alibaba and stuff like that, if they develop artificial intelligence algorithms to help diagnose coronavirus, that's fantastic. That's really, really cool. But of course, they'll always have their name on that. So I don't know if there's, if there was some anonymous, uh, submission of like an artificial intelligence algorithm that helps, um, fold the proteins of coronavirus or whatever, um, then I think we could talk about that some kind of company did something really cool and did something without thinking about PR. But I think as, as long as the name is attached to something, there is, there's always at least a bit of PR, which doesn't mean it's bad per se. Um, just that I think it's impossible to, to take these things away from corporate communications, to be honest. What's your opinion on that? Is it reasonable to be super cynical and uh, whenever a company those days tries to address Corona, just we're giving this for free or that for free or we are donating something? Okay. Um, in general, I, I have been skeptical, but be skeptical when they ask if the subscription that they're giving you for free for one month has a credit card element uh, to it. Right? Like, yeah. here's, you know, here's, here's the thing for two months. I don't know if Adobe is a, or not Adobe. Um, Actually, it is Adobe with Premiere and Photoshop and everything. They're like, here, we're giving you the creative suite for free for the for I think the next month. Um, I don't. I think they might still require you to put your credit card in. I was like, uh, I'd rather not get locked into your service again, so I'm not going to do that. 
Um, I saw like, but on the opposite end, there was a audiobook and ebook company called Scribe, I think Scribe or Scribe. Um, and they posted that, you know, this is going to be free for the next month. And people were like, basically like, uh, they were just shitting on them for like trying to make money. It was like, no, 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 this is actually this link makes it so that you just sign up for an account with no um, credit card and you can get it for one month. And then if it ends, you have to give us, you you can continue to pay for it. But um, yeah, for sure. I mean, look at, look at any, you know, any holiday, every company tries to make a post about, you know, MLK day or about every, you know, any, any holiday you can find. Um, Like I've worked on the market, it's a marketing side of things. Like, yeah, people will try to take any opportunity to further the products. Um, mm. Some of them can be good, some of them can be bad. I guess it's amoral at the end of the day, but um, just don't get sucked into something that you have to then pay mm. more for. But, but maybe, could you argue that if right now someone who's listening is working in a bigger company, that there are those pain points that you could push? Like, you know... Uh, just go to your PR department and say, we have to participate in this crisis. Let's you know, just somehow help and, you know, go to... I, mean, maybe I'm, I, I know I'm being skept- like skeptical right, about things. I'm sure there's, there, if, you know, people are, come, are approaching this from a genuinely a good place, um, they can come up with, like, being very resourceful and helpful. And I think maybe not trying to help the whole world with it. I think maybe you can do the most impact trying to help the people around you. Um, whether yeah, that's the city around you or the, the people around you, your families. Um, that's that's kind of like at least how I've been trying to think of it. Um, I think we uh, have uh, discussed quite a lot of different topics and uh, I hope for everyone something is there, you know, there's the Corona part, there is uh, the bill that us uh, uploaded, and there is a hackathon and, you know, we might not do regularly each day now podcasts about Corona, I just somehow thought it, you know, it might be a good idea to share our perspectives, how we are living right now, what's happening in our heads that, you know, we are also worried about depression and, you know, keeping each other you know, company, but also, you know, what, what to do with it and how to see positive things. Um, so, uh, should we end it with that? Or do you have like the last thought or something to add? Don't really have one. Uh, only thing I want to, want to say is as a super nice talking to you, um, very interesting points. Uh, thank you, Peter, for being an amazing host right now. I'm still a little bit through the wind, but you know, I'm also kind of dealing with how to, perceives the situation is it panic or is it just relaxation or is it just stay calm and focused mm. yeah well guys i want to uh, you know i just want you guys to know if you ever feel like you want to i don't know shoot some zombies or play some squash in vr or something definitely reach out to me reach out to me i'm um well if i'm working i'm working but apart from that i most of the time am available so you know yeah, keep safe likewise, take care of yourself uh, yeah, great to meet you, Thomas, and uh, chatting about this with you, Peter. Um, yeah, yeah, good luck on the show. Yeah, thank well, you. Let's Thanks see so how much. it develops. Uh, thank you very much, as for being our first guest. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in, uh, and more things will come soon, right? Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. How's that? I'm totally yeah. going to try out the the, the uh, quest experience right yeah, this yeah. second. <laughs> no, please, please do. Let me know how it, how it goes. Super cool. See you guys. Amazing guys. Thanks for, for the talk. Bye.